Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. Today I am joined by Mike McQuaid. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mike McQuaid is an American graphic artist living in Richmond, Virginia. His work has graced the pages of The New Yorker and the covers of major publications such as Wired and The New York Times Magazine. Uh, Mike also runs a small design studio at the McQuaid's, working with respected institutions, brands, and publishers. Oh, and entrepreneurs as well. Um, so thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, a lot of the people from my network are excited to have you on the show. So uh, let's jump right into it. How did you get into graphic design, illustration? Was it high school, college? How did this all get started? I guess it started in high school, uh, kind of noticing and attaching to brands. Um, I had a little skate crew and, you know, there was, there was branding and logos associated with that lifestyle. Um, at the time, I didn't really know what it was. And I think this is a a very common thing you hear from graphic designers is they didn't really know what graphic design was when they first got into the field. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I always had a, um, I always had creativity at, in some way, uh, whether it was just doing like photo montage stuff in Xerox together or drawing or when I was really young, I remember I'd go to a movie, I'd come home, and I'd, I'd try and draw exactly what I had, had seen. Um, and then, you know, toward the end of high school, I, I wasn't a great student, um, didn't keep my grades up, didn't really, I didn't really give it the attention that I wish I had looking back, um, nor did I have a lot of guidance in that respect. Um, so I was, I was just doing construction work. My uncle owned a construction type company. Um, so I was just kind of doing that. And I remember my senior year, I was like, well, I guess I'll just do that. And that summer between, um, you know, senior year and when people typically go to college in the fall, uh, I was putting on a roof. And I remember just thinking, this is tough work. My uncle was always complaining about his back. Um, <laughs> I, I respect I respect manual labor and I respect uh, the blue collar uh, fields because I think they're very important. I just felt like, well, if I'm going to try something, maybe now is the time. I remember having that feeling. Um, and not, my mother was really pushing for me to go to college somewhere. Uh, but the problem was my grades were poor and um, I didn't really know where to go. Uh, I ended up getting accepted into, well, not accepted. It was a uh, for-profit college, uh, the Art Institute of Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, just kind of started off as an animation major there, not really sure what I was getting into. Um, quickly realized that maybe animation wasn't for me and switched to the graphic design um, program. And, uh, you know, throughout the graphic design program, I was told a few times by some teachers I won't name that uh, I should quit because I'm, I don't really have a, a knack for this. Uh, I'm not really yeah. understanding it. And, and, to their and to their credit, though, um, some of the problems that I had in high school with paying attention and, and really learning kind of followed me. And I was a I, I, I wasn't truly understanding graphic design. I wasn't truly doing the, the work that I should have been. So I'm almost in a weird way thankful for those moments in college where 
teachers told me like, Hey, you're not, this isn't for you. Um, so maybe quit and try something else. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for those, those critiques, uh, it kind of lit a fire under my ass and, um, I started to kind of really pay attention and try and understand what the field was. Uh, and at the Art Institute, a very technical school. So they taught me a lot about the tools and you know, Photoshop Illustrator. It was Quark Express going into InDesign, not to date myself <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's, it's, it's half, I've heard the reference before on the show. So that's good. <laughs> I, I've had, to, I had, I had teachers during that, uh, tell me that there was no way InDesign was going to uh, be a thing because too many printers use Quark Express. So, you know, wow, uh, just goes to show. Even why were they wrong? Yeah. Even, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if they, they, you know, hindsight's everything. But um, right. so I ended up ended up graduating from there, and um, I had an internship at a consultant firm. They did a lot of government contract stuff, um, relatively like. You know cut and dry graphic design like hey this individual needs a few pamphlets on this thing that they're trying to pass or we need to design a website uh at the time it was a lot of flash work um so and my degree gave me a kind of a multimedia um education so i I was, I was slightly schooled in how to use flash how to use action script and the basics of design i mean design wasn't like design thinking and and how to um, uh, edit yourself wasn't really taught very much in the school it was right. more on the technical side so it was my same experience too yeah yeah uh so i graduated um i had that internship didn't pay enough uh to pay back the student loans so i started looking around and i got lucky and snagged a job at Avenue A Razorfish, which is at the time doing a lot of pharmaceutical banner ads, pharmaceutical websites, et cetera. Um, so I, I worked there for a few months and then got tired of doing ads for boner medication, and, <laughs> um, me menopausal treatment um, yeah. and, uh, you know, valid things to work on, but just as a young designer, you wanted to you know, right. find something else. Uh, and then I took a job at um, Comcast Interactive Media, which was the internal arm of Comcast, the devil, um, <laughs> to, to, to just uh, keep up with like the promotional and marketing stuff, as well as they had like a really interesting um, development, product development type arena there that was sought after if you were a designer there, where you got to work with some incredibly talented developers um, on like what was going to be the future of the interface or the set box or set top box uh, or like where are things going with like, this online streaming things at the time it was like online streaming was just just starting to kind of happen um, right and so I spent a, a few years there and um, you know I, I quickly realized in that job that I wanted to do things that were more conceptual, um, I guess more on the art side of things. Um, so I would work there and I'd go home at night and I'd um, kind of dream up just these little side projects or 
just trying to, I guess, trying to create what would be an illustration, uh, what would take words and make them into visuals or um, sometimes it wasn't even that. Sometimes it was just like play um, and kind of over the course of a couple of years created a body of work outside of that. Um, and then I was kind of ready to look for the next thing and I interviewed at an agency in Chicago. Um, and I loved the design director. He was a really great guy, um, Steve Danicus. And uh, so I worked with him and um, ended up becoming design director. And then I went to a small shop called Tom, Dick and Harry. And there they did, it was interesting. So I went from the big agency model uh, where I was just kind of a, a wheel or a cog, uh, just getting the, the campaigns done, right. um, being as, asked to stretch type by art directors, et cetera. Um, and, and then I went on to a really small shop, I mean, 10, 15 people. Uh, and there it was like, oh, hey, we're going to put you on this client and this client and this client. It wasn't just like one client. It was a multitude of responsibilities. And oh, yeah, you're going to be client facing and you're going to be involved in the uh, just, just the pricing process. Every, they just let me um, do so much. And I'm forever grateful for that experience um, because you get to a point where you realize like, oh, hey, like I, I see how it all works. I know how the, the sausage is made. Um, you start kind of thinking for yourself and getting these ideas of doing your own thing. Um, so that was kind of boiling in me as I was working there. I worked there for a, couple, a few years, I think three. Um, and um, at the time I submitted my work to Young Guns, the ADC Young Guns, and I'm fortunate enough I, to win. Um, nice. And that just kind of, that just kind of, you know, gave me a little bit of uh, wind in my sails. And I was like, okay, well, if, if there ever was a time to part ways with this incredibly small, but incredibly gracious and amazing company, um, I'm going to do it. So I did it. And um, from there, it was a bunch of just being an annoying guy, uh, asking art directors if they needed my whatever it was I was doing, I, I didn't even really have a style per se. I was still very much in the uh, I was the graphic design mindset where I was a uh, serial, um, I guess, serial change. I was always just changing it up, whatever it was I was doing. My Right. Um, and that, and that, that mindset I still, still follows me. I still, you know, there's definitely things that I have that are like quote unquote style, um, but they were all birthed from an assignment uh, where I just tried to do deep dives on the content as deep as I can get in the time that it allotted and um, use a lot of word association and list building and trying to figure out what would be the most interesting angle to hold someone's attention on this right. piece of writing. Um, so I still have that. Um, and that was bestowed upon me from my wife who went to Tyler school of art. She, where she got schooled in kind of design thinking 
and you know process and starting from scratch um and it's just like a lot of word association and list building and um trying to get somewhere unique the process part of it is, is critical and and i've actually been spending more time in that sort of word associate like that part is so important when you hear that in college it's like the last thing you want to hear but it's actually fundamentally changed the way that i i design things and uh with that being said i think that more things are now getting approved and um because when i'm able to explain the rationale behind it and usually that's something that happened in like the sketching phase mm-hmm. um it kind of makes the the polished part come a little bit easier if that makes sense you know yeah i mean um it's yeah, everything it sounds starts. so basic, but I'm just, everything <laughs> five starts. years into the process. I'm finally like, you're like, oh, yeah, like this is what designers do, you know? Oh, yeah. No, it took it took me longer than that. So you're yeah. ahead of the curve. Um, yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're telling me there's a chance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, you know, I've all I've had is chances to make work and um, and just a passion for this stuff. That's, that's all that separates me from someone who's starting out. I think, um, just continually doing the craft and, um, and just having the, the opportunities to, to, to get, pub, get in publications like New York times or right. uh, the New Yorker. Yeah. So much of your story sounds exactly like myself. It's actually kind of like scary. Like I, I was terrible at skateboarding, but I was very much so involved in the skateboarding community. I loved all like the different skate decks and I'm like the Tony Hawk generation, but I, I still have like Pinterest boards filled with all the different like skate logos, like toy machine and like um, all the Tony Hawk stuff and like Bam Margera and all that stuff. And I had all these different like logo variations and like they had the skate decks were in like different colors. I was like, whatever mm-hmm. like that shit is, that's what I want to do. Um, and recently I actually, I got the, uh, they remastered Tony Hawk again. So I've been playing it again and reliving all that. Um, Mm. but I could also relate to, to the part about being like a bad student. I had a, uh, this whole podcast is basically predicated off of, uh, uh, a sort of intervention, if you will, the Dean of my school. I thought I was like the next Michael Beirut and the Dean of my school, like pulled me in and was like, do you even want to be a designer? Like your grades are terrible and Mm. nothing that you're doing here is really like, shows me you want to be a designer i was just like what yeah. are you kidding me <laughs> i was like i love design i just haven't been applying myself you know so um it's encouraging for me to hear that from someone like yourself because um professionally speaking i i look at your work in the in the places where your work is shown and i'm like this guy surely is like academic and has it all figured out and it's like very disciplined <laughs> so to hear so to hear that our our uh our upbringing even though it's in different places it's uh it's it's kind of similar and um oh well great yeah I, i'm no, trying to highlight that stuff that people are you know like more uh more normal than you think they'd be like you get you know you get like that new yorker cover you get the new york times it's like surely the like these people have always had it figured out and the more i talk to people it's like no i i struggled early on i got bounced from jobs and that's sort of what i'm trying to do here you know what i mean it's just show that you can eventually apply yourself and figure it out, but it's totally normal if you're just eating it for the first five, 10, 20 years of your career, you know? Maybe 20 is a little, you should probably start to get your shit together at that point. Well, I, <laughs> you never I know, know. though. I, yeah, I hate to say either way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, well, and design is vast. Um, you know, I, 
there's people that are designing things that aren't truly even visual, but more or less how you use things like app design. Um, And that's something that's just like blows my mind. You know, it's, it's, it's such a investment of your time and it takes a lot of research and studying and editing. And I would say those are like the key components of success is like, are you able to, how deep are you able to research on this? Um, Are you able to glean inspiration from it? And are you able to have your finger on the pulse of pop culture enough to go, oh, well, you know, this has been done, but maybe I look at it from this angle. I was um, recently talking with someone about how the pandemic has made time feel very like fluid. Like you feel like something maybe happened a month ago or was it a year ago or was it yesterday? Yeah. You can't, you can't really pin it down. And I was like, that is fascinating. Cause like I was feeling the same exact way. And then like, I just Googled how we perceive time just to see if there's any science behind it. Um, and sure enough, there is, and our emotions are what dictate like how we perceive time. And then I stumbled upon this thing called the oddball effect, which is, um, re- which is relevant to our field. Um, and it's a study where they flash images in front of an individual and one of the images for the same amount of time. And one of the images in the mix is the oddball out. It's just doesn't look like it should be there or there's something about it that's off. And then they survey these people after the test and they ask, well, which of the images was on the screen the longest? And they always, almost 100% of them say the oddball image was the one that was on screen for twice, twice as long. And I just find that fascinating. So anytime like a, anything piques my interest, I try and just deep dive on it to see if there's something else there. So. I think those those mechanisms are good if you're an artist, an illustrator, a designer. This has been like an oddball year, to use your analogy. It, it, time has really slowed down, and I would I would also DJ on the side, so that was kind of like um, would kind of take the place of, of of getting like income and stuff like that. So um, I would go and work at jobs, and I would have this podcast, but I never really was just like kind of alone with my proverbial like blank canvas sort of thing you know and I never really had time to I was like well I don't have time to be an illustrator I don't you know I don't I don't have time to take that class and in a way it's true in a way it's also kind of like bullshit but now I have this time and I it's it's hard to articulate how I feel but maybe you can help me understand like what what this all means I'm really excited about design in a way that I never have been before I want to be like this guy. I want to be like this guy. I want to do some of that. I want to do, you know, the Mike McQuaid thing. I want to do like the, uh, like Sebi Curry. I want you know, I want to be like an illustrator. I, but I also sort of want to do this like editorial thing. And it's, I'm all over the place. And I'm um, fearful that I'm never going to kind of pin one down. But having the time of my life in the process um, but also like really my gears are starting to go about sort of the, how to pay the bills part of it. And that's, that's real, you know, like next year I want to have a kid 
And I can't, I can't be explaining to my in-laws. It's like, listen, I'm drawing, I'm figuring it out. Like that's not a conversation that I can have. Um, but, but in a way it seems like I'm connecting all these dots. Like, like when I was in school, I was like sort of like in uh, college, I was really into photography and then I came out, then I got really into like the branding space. And then now I'm sort of, um, and then I kind of got into like the strategy side of things. Now I'm sort of marrying some illustration into my projects. And it's, I feel like it's gonna make sense eventually. Like it feels like I'm sort of heading in the right direction, but there's, there's this like overarching fear of like, what are you doing? Focus on one thing, but the sort of the artist in me, like the ADD, like deep dive, like you were saying, I'm all over the place, but I think that's good. I don't, I don't know. Did you ever have this experience and sort of have that angst of like pick a lane sort of thing? Yeah. You know, I think the, the FOMO thing is, is real in yeah. our field and Instagram and social media have kind of made that worse for people. Um, I mean, even gosh, uh, there's times where I'm like, well, I, I think I'm going down a, a, the wrong path with the way I'm doing things. Um, and I, I realized quickly it's bred from seeing other work online or being bombarded and being like, oh, well, maybe I should think of things this way or build a design studio and just focus on branding work or, um, but, I feel that when I'm not interacting with those social media outlets, I'm much more comfortable in my own skin and I'm definitely have a lot more fun with it. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know how to, how you teach people to kind of have confidence in their, themselves and just having fun with the process. And you'll know, you know, uh, if you're sketching something out, you know, there's always that one sketch. I'm like, all right, I like that a lot. And I'm going to, I'm going to build that out. Um, but if I'm just poking around all the time, trying to find inspiration, I, I won't get that. And yeah. I feel, I feel that stuff can, can rob individuals of creativity. Unfortunately, yeah. um, just because someone looks a certain way, doesn't mean you can't look the way you do. Um, and I think taste building and learning how to edit yourself is a skill that um, young designers, I mean, I'm sure there's young designers that possess it, but I, I, I hear this pitfall a lot um, and maybe stepping away from the constant stream of inspiration and just kind of sitting down with a pencil and a pad and trying to just either picking out a subject or, um, you know, just, trying to create something that feels good to you and it, right. it could be derivative of something else but there's a lot of work that looks really close in nature um right now and there's a lot of things that are cross-pollinating on one another um and i i kind of think that social media is doing that i don't know if it's good or bad i'm not saying it's good or bad i'm just saying if right. you want to if you want to create something it's probably best to put that stuff aside um, and 
draw inspiration out from elsewhere, um, whether it be a book or um, just an experiencer noticing something in, in the world around you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd like to know a little bit about your um, design process without giving away too, too many secrets, but... Um... Oh, there's no secrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how did... Uh, so you kind of have this, and I'm probably going to butcher my way of explaining this, but you sort of do this thing where there's like tears of sheets. One of my favorite things you did was that um, with Robert Mueller and there's like the thing and it has like the White House and there's like a pencil line on it. I have it like memorized yeah. in my head. It's just, it's so cool. Um, yeah, oh, thanks. What, what, whatever that thing is, they sort of like um, collage, if you will. I don't want to use the wrong words here. How did that mm -hmm. come about? And, and when you're doing that sort of thing, can you kind of speak to like the um, – the pro is that a digital process? Is that like a Photoshop thing? Is it a, is it a physical actually ripping of the paper? How do I think I want I want to do this? And now that we're friends, it would be awkward for me to like use that sort of work. But I definitely in my own time want to like get some magazines and newspapers and rip that shit up. I have a, I have like a stack of New York Times like this big, and I got to mm -hmm. use some of it. So <laughs> how did that happen? How did that all come to be? Yeah. Um... So you're like referring to the like kind of storytelling um, kind of tonal collage pieces that are yes. out there. That I love that them, by the of, way. They're awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that style um, was kind of birthed from an assignment as well. Um, uh, Matt, Matt Willie at the New York Times Magazine, I think he's, he's at Pentagram now. Um, he approached with a story about the FBI versus um, Trump. So Trump not understanding how the separations of power work, basically, um, or the separations of the FBI and the, and the executive branch. Right. And we had this like historical, they had this historical take on trying to show how he's kind of tearing through that. And then the whole Comey thing was happening. Um, so it was more of just about like the history of the FBI and the executive branch, almost like the New York Times wanted to put it out there and loosely reference how Trump is not understanding that. So that's where like him not understanding it, kind of ripping it up came in play. So um, that, with mixed with like a kind of floating, no border type collage. Um, and Robert Mueller being one of the secondary co illustration collages that was focused on. Um, and just kind of showing a historical timeline, if you will, in an interesting way, not so scrapbooky, but a little bit more contemporary. Um, so there's tears, but there's also shapes that I kind of just loosely just keep cutting and layering and cutting and layering until I'm like, oh, you know, that that feels nice. Um, and truly that's all like, where, that's where that entire style was birthed. And then everybody kind of, you know, I'm thankful that uh, I got hired to, to do quite a few of them. Um, and over the years I've been able to evolve it and what it means to do that type of visual storytelling. Um, but my, uh, you know, it's gotten picked up by a lot of people. There's a lot of people doing similar works. Um, 
but quite frankly, they're, they're just kind of throwing a bunch of images together. Um, it's obvious that it's digital. Mine um, always start, those always start off as analog. Um, sometimes the digital spaces, you need to do it because they need to like throw in a different image or like, hey, you can't really say this in the type. Um, so that's where it becomes digital. But I think that's what people gravitated toward was like, oh, wow, it seems so tactile. And um, uh, like you could feel the material. Um, and that's because it's, it's just me and a scanner and hours of pen tooling um, to get it right. Right. Uh, but now, nowadays, um, I'm trying to do it all analog and adding these elements here in my studio that are traditional art elements, um, whether it be just you know, painting things, making my own color paper, um, making my own shapes, and then really just shellacking it down on boards. So when I scan it, I'm it's just ready to go. And there's, there's qualities to it that can't really be replicated. Right. I find that if you're going to get into collage, um, gosh, it's, it's, it's such a vast medium, you know, it can be used for making a surrealist type image. It can be used as almost like a scrapbooky type looking element thing, or it can be like super contemporary, like John Baldessari's work, um, where it's just like, it catches you off guard because it's in its simplicity and its color. Um, so it's, I think as a, as a medium, it, it, for a while it was an underappreciated medium. And I think now it's kind of in the mainstream. So yeah. you, you see a lot of it. Um, does that bother you does, or, or is that like kind of, no, kinda no, no, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, sometimes someone will get really close and I'm like, you know, to me, it's just like, I don't understand why, like the, the field is so vast. And, you know, like I said, like the way I figure out shapes, which I've seen replicated in some, not everybody, but some collage artists, it's like, okay, well, I'm not taking onus on it, but it's like, right. wow, that's really close. But like the way I came up with that shape was just by fussing around and cutting paper and right. um, trying to find something that felt unique and cool um and they can do the same thing you know right. and i i feel like it's um you're taking the fun out of it if you're not doing that yeah to, in a weird way like i i think it's great that the the field of illustration has adopted collage as a media more and more um but i think it's a fine line between like an artful collage that gets a salient point across or kind of evokes like questioning and one that's just like oh here are the head right uh, <laughs> characters in the story all put together in a way that the viewer can just understand and yeah because there's a i think there's a what comes across is there's a level of sophistication and i, I don't necessarily know if that's the right word but there's a, a level I think abstraction might be a better word there. Like it, it really has this sort of artistic value. And then sometimes you just see like a cutout of some politician's head. It does not have the same effect. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think, well, I think, you know, you use the word abstraction and um, I, I, I think it's more editing, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm a serial editor uh, and I, you know, and that maybe comes from art directors editing, like very, 
talented art directors over the years and having the um, privilege of having worked with them and having them edit my work over the years, I've learned to edit myself. Um, and I think that that part of it is important, you know, editing yeah. yourself, like, does this really need to be here? Is this color really working? Asking questions along the way um, is important. Yeah, and, and you'll be happy with the outcome if you edit harder um, for a longer period of time, I've found as well. You know, it, nothing is timeless. I hate that word, but right. uh, you tend to like your work longer if you spend the time editing and fussing and getting headaches yeah. over uh, the process up front. Absolutely. That's actually a really good segue into my next question. You know, we are talking about doing these um, these kind of political pieces, but um, I think a lot of people in that listen to the show, they'd love to get their work published in something like the New Yorker, New York Times, Washington Post, pick a pick a uh, a magazine. But um, you know, you talk about working with art directors and um, situations like that, and I'm fascinated by that 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 process. But I also know kind of very little about it. I, I know that there are um, there are agencies that specialize in that sort of thing and picking out illustrators. They represent illustrators. They work with the people up at the top who make the decisions, who are spending the money, and then it's something like that, right? But what about from like the the artist's perspective, from, from your perspective? How do you get in touch with people that are art directors at places like that or do they find you and then right. and then once you're there i know you kind of spoke to like the, the editing stuff but how does that work like let's just say that as like a hypothetical like the new york times needs you to do um a graphic piece like what what does that process look like what is the timeline usually like i mean i know it's varied but sure. what's like a standard opera walk me through this how does this happen yeah. what does my future look like no i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have a few few questions in there. So the, it's my specialty asking nine questions and having <laughs> no direction at all. That's okay. No, I'm <laughs> happy to answer. Um, so when you're first starting out, the best thing to do is um, find find the art director's names in magazines. It, they're usually listed uh, toward the front of the magazine, um, and go to their personal websites not don't try and find them through like the new york times or washington post because that could be rather difficult um and just they'll usually have a body of work on their site um, that they're proud of and that'll tell you kind of what their taste levels are um, and just reach out to them there and be thoughtful about it um, Make it easy for them to see your top work that you want to do more of and be gracious and um, just say, I'm, I'm an illustrator starting out. I'd like to get a, a few editorial illustrations under my belt. Um, please let me know if the works here are of interest to you. Um, if they're good people, um, they'll reach back out. Um, and if they're good people, they might not reach back out and they might just be busy. Uh, right. Be patient. Um, I, you know, when a young designer or illustrator reaches out to me, I, I feel like I give them 
an honest answer, but I don't know if it's uh, the one they want. And it's not for every like illustration. If you're in, if you go to school for fine art and you come out with a fine art portfolio, and you also have taken illustration courses and you um, you have your shit together, um, you're you're probably going to get hired a lot quicker than someone who's trying to like kind of reform into that. Uh, yeah. For me, you know. I, when I, for me to be a, an illustrator working full time as an illustrator, it took the better part of three to four years. I mean, it wasn't overnight. It was a mix of doing branding work, um, doing illustration work, uh, doing agency for hire work as a freelancer. There's no shame in just making money as you make the career you want and um you know i i definitely didn't sleep a lot and i i, I definitely could have been a better friend during those years because yeah. i was absent in mia a lot um but it's what i really wanted you know i, yeah. I really 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 wanted it um and so i'd say if you're starting out have patience be thoughtful about the work that you're putting out and what you what you want to do as an illustrator and um, reach out to the, the, the people you admire. Um, ask, ask them. Everybody has a different path. So, you know, uh, my path might be, you know, I might be off-putting to someone to say like, oh yeah, it took three or four years before I was a full-time working illustrator, you know? Um, yeah. So someone might have a different story where it was like right out the gate. Right. <laughs> and, and they might have some secret sauce that I don't know. And not to throw another question into the mix, but I'm just curious along those same lines. So people that are, and this is going to, I am willing, by the way, to, to throw myself under the bus on this season and ask the dumb questions that will expose myself and make myself look dumb. But I need to know this stuff because I don't actually know. I'm realizing that if I actually just ask these questions, somebody out there, like if I have a podcast where I interview people like this and I don't know, then there's definitely other people who don't know. So this is a dumb question. Okay, I got it out of the way. So like, I understand that art directors obviously have to have some serious chops to be in that position, but are there people that are making hiring decisions that maybe can't necessarily do what someone like yourself does but they have like a great eye for things. Cause sometimes I'm like, well, if I don't figure this out, maybe I could just be the person who like picks out this stuff. Or do you actually have to be an established, like well-versed illustrator, graphic designer in order to make those decisions or are not necessarily? Um, it, it all depends. They run the spectrum. Um, Cause I have great sometimes... taste. I just suck at illustration. <laughs> so, so I'm wondering yeah. like if that's a job, if someone's looking for that kind of thing, you know? Well, I mean, sometimes I've been hired by a photo editor. Sometimes I've been hired by a, an, an editor. Um, and most of the time I'm hired by an art director, a creative director or a design director. Um, right. And, you know, the, the difference between the hiring, it, I would say like if an editor hires me, they're hiring me because they had seen something I had done. And right. it was for a notable publication and they want need to bring that to their publication or website or whatever. Um, when a design director or an art director reaches out, especially a seasoned one, it's 
it's um it's much more conceptual and fun i would say like yeah. they can surprise you with their asks and you you kind of get blown back on your heels and you're like okay wow like i, <laughs> right. I hadn't i hadn't looked at my work in that type of application or i hadn't thought of it but you know you put your work out there and you don't really know what kind of comes in um and that's the exciting part about our field really is yeah it could come from anywhere and as long as you're curious and open-minded uh i always say if i take on take on something and it scares me a bit or if i'm like really kind of like anxiety riddled over it that i've made a good decision um because that means i'm I'm stepping out of the comfort and into something new or a new territory. Yeah. So, so and art, I, di art directors typically are the ones that bring those things. So. Right. Yeah. So I guess, and, and I, we're going to land, we're going to land this plane eventually. So the last thing, <laughs> the last thing on that, that thing is, so you talked about like the anxiety part of it. That's sort of what I'm, I'm referring to. Um, just to close this out is, so you get hired by an art director, editor, whatever. Okay. What is the, the the timeline portion of that look like? Like you have, like that Wired magazine thing for Mark Zuckerberg with like the little like frowny faces, something like that. Like how long? Well, that yeah, that one I think was New York Times Magazine. New York um, Times Magazine. My apologies. No, Elon no, Musk was the Wired one. Yes. Um, yeah, I know your work, but I got you. Most <laughs> so New York Times Magazine for a cover, it can range from a week to. A week and a half to two weeks um usually the week and a half two weeks is a cover and then like a feature well which is like a spread and like maybe a few spot illustrations to right. tie the story together um wired that wired cover i think was about two weeks and sometimes you'll work on a cover and you'll get to the sketch phase and then it'll get put on hold because i mean these are these are editors and sometimes the story the timing isn't right or some a competitor broke a story similar so they hold the story to work on it right. um, so you're you kind of at the will of, of you know the the editor in a way um so do you still get paid for that or where, like because I, the news changes but it's your yeah. your time yeah that's yeah cool. yeah i mean your, <laughs> your fee is your fee um right. so but i would say the timelines for like an op-ed illustration i've had assignments given to me at noon and due at 6 p.m so, right you know it it, it ranges um and I'm, i have a client right now it's a it's like a co-working space that's going to be opening up when all of this is over i think um and they they commissioned me to do five foot by seven foot pieces for their lobbies and that timeline has been about a year and I don't even know what to do with that kind of time. It's like, <laughs> it's like too much I, time. Yeah. 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 So that's a whole different other anxiety that right. I hadn't thought of. Um, so I think, I think having like hard deadlines is really good for us. Yeah. Was yeah. it, uh, and this would be the last question and I appreciate you answering all my dumb questions. No, uh, they're not, they're not <laughs> dumb questions. <laughs> is there a, yeah, because I, I feel like people like want to know this stuff, but like don't. Okay, here's another one. Is uh, what happens if they like, okay, so you're under this tight timeline. What happens if they don't like it? Like you have like a week to do it 
you were the person. Are you competing? Like I, I, I'm a, uh, I since quarantine, I get all like the print, all the different magazines sent to my house. I love it. Print is alive and well in my world. Um, but I'll see like a, like a, like a New Yorker cover or something like that. What happens if like they don't like that? Like it's on a timeline. Mm-hmm. Are there multiple people that are competing to be on the cover? Like what if, what if they don't like it? What if you get to that the end of that one week and like this sucks? We can't do yeah. this, you know. Well, I I can't speak. Not to, that they would do that with you. I can't speak to New Yorkers' process for a cover, um, because I've I've never I've never gotten to do a cover for the New Yorker. Um, hopefully, one day in uh, time. Yeah, but um, but like New York Times Magazine, right? Depending on the the profile of the story or. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've definitely had to have the kill fee, you know, where nothing I had come up with had hit the bar, um, and it Sounds usually so scary. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, usually it comes down to things that are either out of your control or you just like, like tonally, you didn't understand the piece the way the editor wanted the tone to come through uh, in the piece. Um, so it's. You know, I'm I'm hired to come up with ideas and create pieces that can hold a viewer. Um, and sometimes I hit the mark, and sometimes I don't. And when I don't, I just try and brush myself off and move on. Do you so, feel like those experiences make you a, a a better designer, or sometimes is it hard to to kind of rebound from those? Like especially like when you're first starting out. What is, does sure. that make you? Because I've had times where I got bounced for a job, and I've been like, I hate this company. I will literally go work across the street for more money and put these people out of business. And then, and then years later, it's like, no, dude, like they, you should have been fired like earlier than that. And mm-hmm. and in a way, it was like, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I needed to like learn that lesson the hard way. And I never, I have not since done it. You know what I mean? Start, yeah, starting out, I definitely took it took it personally. Um, I would get so angry. And like, it's like a gut. Well, no, anger wasn't really a feeling. I, it was more of just like a, a gut punch, you know, like, oh, yeah. like, uh, maybe I'm not cut out for this. And I thought I was all yes. along and the, and the jig is up. Um, mm-hmm. I fooled them long enough. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, and then they come back and you're like, okay, well, you know, it's not, I don't think it's, it's not because they don't like your work. Um, it's because, they have a job to do. Like if right. you're if you're a weekly magazine, you you have to be in sync with the editor on the piece. Like sometimes an art director will love something and be so sure of it, and you're feeling good as the illustrator. And then they show it to the editor, and the editor's like, No, 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 no. This is all wrong. It's going down the wrong direction. And then it's killed. But that's that's not anybody's fault. That's the art director and the editor trying to. Uh, kind of meet in the middle. What, what does this, what does this have to say in order to get the right tone across, um, right. or the right message? Or um, so it's it's not a personal thing. It still stings, but you gotta let it go. You know? Right. Uh, and I have my wife to thank for that for saying positive things and trying to get me to to come around to the fact that it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. But you you know you. There's nothing you can do. You put it on yourself sometimes, um, right? But it's not—it's not a personal thing. It's yeah. 
strictly them trying to um, make a magazine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like the the business side of thing. That's so cool, dude. This yeah. has been so much fun. <laughs> I don't know if you had, but I had a, I had a blast. It's yeah. been uh, it's been cool to uh, ask some of these questions, and as I'm like reading, like you know like the at home section of the New York times and like seeing all these like beautiful spot illustrations. I'm just like, it's never going to happen. And now after hearing this, I'm just like, I think it sounds like I'm going in like the right direction. I don't have a whole lot to show for it, but I, I remember that there was a time that I, you know, like if when I first started this podcast, I didn't think that it would become what it is today. And, and maybe I won't be like an illustrator or something, but it, it may turn into something else or who knows, maybe I'll be an editor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he never I'm, know. I'm so taking it as it comes. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, well, good for you. Yes. Well, thanks for having me on. And, yes, uh, likewise, man. Uh, where can people find you online? Yeah, I'm just MikeMcQuaid.com. Uh, I'm more active on Instagram right now. So, yeah, that's I'm pretty simple. Uh, I don't have a shop or anything. You yet. should, man. Sell some prints. All right, man, it's been fun. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right, Take bye. Care. Peace.